Anyway, happy new year, Mayor. <laughs> I just want to say here we are 2022, and I know you used the term Groundhog Day to describe what you're seeing with the CTU. Um, and, and I, I, I got I got to ask you about that because I feel like so many reasonable people in the city are on your side on this in terms of thinking that how is it that the teachers get to decide that it's unsafe to go in the classroom? How is it they get to make that kind of determination when the entire health community of professionals is saying the exact opposite, that it is safe to go in the classroom, that it is okay. In fact, it's the most safe place for kids to be and the most responsible. Well, look, there's no question whatsoever uh, that we're experiencing an unprecedented surge in COVID cases, the likes of which we really haven't seen uh, through the entire 20 plus months of this pandemic. Uh, Omicron is real. But what we do know is a couple of things. Number one, if you're vaccinated, particularly if you're fully vaccinated and boosted, you have a less likely chance to have severe outcomes. That is a certainty. So the answer to all of these questions is vaccine, vaccine, vaccine. The other thing that is clear without a doubt is that our schools are safe. Our schools are safe because we spent over $100 million plus dollars Uh, over the course of two school years to put in a number of COVID mitigation um, uh, uh, initiatives, not the least of which is ventilation, uh, HEPA filters in classrooms, partitions, masks, hand sanitizers. Um, We've got uh, screening protocols at every school. We've got safety committees um, at every school. Plus, the big difference maker now than at any other time, we have the vaccine. 5 to 11, 12 to 17. But, but Mayor, the teachers union you know, knows all of these things, and yet they're saying that it's unsafe to return to the school, uh, to schools. I just don't, I don't understand how they get to make that determination. I know a lot of frustrated parents are out there saying, well, wait a minute, this doesn't make any sense. This is getting to a point where no reasonable person agrees with you anymore. Well, that's why it's so important for us to put our parents and our students first, and we really need parents' voices um, in this um, debate because the CTU doesn't get the right to take the choice uh, from parents. It doesn't. And we can't let that happen. If it happens now, where does it end? That's why I'm encouraging parents to stand up and speak out. We love our teachers. Most teachers love their students. They got into the profession because they have a, a thirst for learning and they want to share that excitement with their students and set them up for success for their whole lives. But this is not what this is about. And this is not a time for us to abandon the data and the science. We've got to lean into it. And as you said, Anna, every single study that has been done of our school system, the archdiocese school system, school systems across the country and across the world, the safest place for kids to be in this pandemic is in the classroom because it's a place that we use a controlled environment where we can practice social distancing, we can wear our masks, we can use the partitions, we can use hand sanitizers, and all the other things that we know helps control spread. Schools simply are not the source of significant spread. And if what the CTU is asking is, we need to stay in our homes and not leave, that's not acceptable. And it's not acceptable to me as a parent It's not acceptable to me as the mayor. And more importantly, it puts a huge burden on the backs of parents in this town who didn't Mm -hmm. sign up to be homeschoolers, who can't afford to not work. 
who can't afford all the extras that are now required because their kids have fallen behind in learning and achievement gaps, who, who, whose children are suffering through significant social and emotional trauma. Why is it that the CTU doesn't hear the voices of parents? And children, I would add to that. You know, you said you'd put the teachers on no pay status. Would you go farther than that with the police officers when the union said we will not abide by your vax mandate? You said not only will I put you on no pay status, but then I will move to fire you. Would you do that here with the teachers? Well, the, cha- the challenge is that, that at the state level, which really controls this, there's a moratorium on taking further disciplinary actions against uh, teachers. That's something that we've really got to revisit, given what's been happening. Hmm. Uh, let's talk about crime. I saw your news conference yesterday. It was very powerful. You were very clear. You said your number one mission is to control the violence in this city. And yet it's also became clear. It was clear then, but it's even clearer now that the state's attorney and the chief judge and the head of the courts are not on the same page as you. You mentioned that the electronic monitoring, uh, you made a very strong argument about how that's causing some, it's, it's the, a driver of violence in our neighborhoods, I believe you said. And then the chief judge, Tim Evans, said, I'm not going to I'm not going to halt the, this. I'm not going to abide by this so-called moratorium that the mayor is suggesting. I don't believe in it. Uh, it's unconstitutional against the law. It's treating people as if they're guilty unproven, until proven innocent. Uh, do you, wh- wh- what do you make of, of that kind of a response? Well, it, unfortunately, it's typical. That's the response that we've gotten in private conversations for more than a year. And that's why, frankly, I decided to go public with it, to let the public see what the Cook County Court, criminal court judges are doing to our city. It makes no sense, Anna, that we have 90 people charged with murder who are out there right now today walking the streets of our city. People who are charged with attempted murder, aggravated use of a firearm, kidnapping, carjacking, you name it, every violent crime that you can think of, 2,300 people are out on our streets in the same neighborhoods where they wreaked havoc, causing chaos with no regard for the sanctity of life. And if this is what criminal justice is in Cook County, I want no parts of it. And I know most people don't want either parts of it. But do you do you need everybody on board in order to be effective in in any crime strategy? Don't you need the courts to the police can't feel as if they're just arresting people and they're back on the streets. And it's just a sort of a vicious circle that that doesn't work. Stabilizing public safety in every neighborhood in Chicago. So, yes, we have to have our Cook County partners who control the prosecutor, the courts and the jails. They've got to be our partners in this work. We need them to work with us. I'm willing to roll up my sleeves and work with anybody of goodwill. But I have an obligation to my residents as the mayor of the city to call it like I see it. And what I see is this surge in violent, dangerous people that are out on electronic monitoring who are not getting supervised in this community. Let's be clear. Electronic monitoring was designed for nonviolent offenders who are going to get touches in the community with community supervision. Nothing of the kind is happening at Cook County. They're just putting people back out on the street and hoping for the best. That is unacceptable when we're seeing the level of violence and the brazenness happen in our city. And it ignores, once again, who are the people that are suffering? The victims of crime, the witnesses of crime, and the people who are afraid that they're going to be next 
because these violent, dangerous people are roaming our streets with no regard for the sanctity of life. Yeah, I'm going to flow the flag on that as I have to. I'm willing to work with the chief judge. I've offered a number of different um, opportunities for us to collaborate and work together, but I can't stand silent when the Cook County criminal justice system keeps throwing these violent, dangerous people right back out into the street. If you are a victim of crime, and you muster the fortitude to come forward and identify the person who has victimized you. What do you feel like when you see that person walking the streets again within 24 or 48 hours of an arrest? Do you feel heard? Do you feel protected? But more importantly, do you feel safe? Answer, no. And anybody who tells me that it's okay for 90 murderers in 2,300 total violent, dangerous people to be walking our streets, I haven't heard a single person who sees these numbers and says, yeah, this is okay. This is constitutional. The state law that sets the standards for bail specifically obligates the judges that are deciding um, decisions of bail to consider the community threat that individuals pose. We are at a dangerous tipping point. And if we don't wrestle this to ground now, I fear what's gonna happen in the future. And we're gonna continue to step up and do our part. We're gonna continue to make sure that we're holding dangerous people accountable as best we can. And But the most that the Chicago Police Department can do is make arrests. We've got to be in partnership with the state's attorney's office to make sure that those cases get charged and that the court system holds them accountable from the very minute they enter the system. This isn't about abandoning their presumption of innocence, their day in court, but it has to also be balanced against the public's right to safety. Mayor, I got to ask you about the police department itself. The manpower manpower has become an issue. Uh, you looking at the the numbers here. Uh, city cut 614 officers as part of the budget. A thousand retired last year. 1,400, I'm told, slated. Is that wrong? Any, we didn't cut any officers. We cut vacancies at a time when, in, in conversation with the police department, uh, they were being realistic about the number of officers that they could put through the academy. I want to be very clear like okay. that. Okay, I appreciate the correction. I I just see that the numbers that are graduated from the academy, 140, 145 in 2020 and 2021, I know those are hindered by the pandemic, but that's nowhere near what you need in order to replace the officers hiring and leaving. Uh, And and you have the situation, I'm told now, where you don't have enough cars or cops to answer the calls in some districts across the city. Well, that's not so. But look, are we struggling to make sure that we um, have enough people that are applying? We are, which is precisely why the superintendent, for the first time in the history of the police department, stood up a full-time unit that what they do day in and day out is recruit. They're recruiting here locally. Um, They're really following the model uh, of the military recruiters. We are scouring every place that we can for good recruits to take the test. We also created an online option uh, for testing. So that portal is open um, every day, 24-7. So if you want to be a Chicago police officer, you can go online, go to the department's website, and you can apply to be uh, a a, a Chicago police officer. But look, let's just be honest here, Anna. This Mm -hmm. has got to be one of the toughest times in the history of policing in this country to be a police officer. We know that. We know that most people want and respect the police. 
uh, particularly in this time that we're experiencing here in Chicago. They, of course, want the police to be respectful and constitutional, but there's no sentiment here, certainly not even close, um, of a majority of people saying that they want to defund the police. That's why we didn't follow the example of other cities and defund our police department. I knew that that was absolutely the wrong approach. What we need to do is encourage our young men and women, uh, particularly people of color, um, to apply to be the police. The only way we change the dynamic and build that trust in the long term is we've got to get officers who reflect the diversity of our city. And that's what we're working our tails off to do. But yes, this is a challenging time for us to go out and recruit. And I think that also the police officers do not feel that the city leadership or the county leadership, I would add to that, don't have their backs necessarily. The the, the trust has been eroded in some ways and that that's part of what you need in order to recruit people to the force. Don't you don't you agree, Mayor? I mean, you think that police officers feel as if no one has their backs when they when they need it and not when, when they're doing the absolute wrong thing. But in the cases that fall on the line and that they're being tasked with more things to do, it's just it's a very difficult job made more difficult that they don't feel they have the support. Well, I know that that is a a narrative that's out there, certainly propagated by the current leadership of FOP, who's focused on division and not uh, addition, not building unity and common ground. But I, I just have to say that's not the case. Uh, For me, the superintendent and really the people of the city, yeah, there are some loud voices who don't trust the police, uh, who don't believe them as a legitimate force for good. But if you look at what we've done, the resources that we put in uh, to things like officer wellness and the um, substantial expansion of those kinds of resources for our officers in need, I think that the record shows a very different track, um, track record. But I think what's also important, and I say this all the time, We've got to do a better job of thanking our officers, thanking them for their sacrifice, thanking their families, uh, because no officers out there by his or herself. They've got a family of support behind them. And that family worries every single day when they leave. Are they coming back at the end of watch? So we've got a lot more to do, I think, to really show our support for officers in the city. Um, and we are intend to do that every single day. You saw New York City Mayor Eric Adams. He's um, you know, former police officer himself. He's making a, a tough on crime statement right out of the gates. He's saying we should revisit stop and frisk. And he doesn't mean the profiling, the racial profiling of days gone by. He's saying smart stop and frisk, that those types of policies are what we need to reinstitute, better look at it, train officers better. But if someone is considered a witness in a crime, they should go and be able to st- use stop and frisk. If someone is, they have a good, they have the good, um, um, representation of who that person is, or if they feel as if they are carrying a weapon, they should have that tool. Should the city of Chicago go back to something like that, that kind of policy, revisit it? No, a- absolutely not. I've never seen stop and frisk executed with fidelity and constitutionally anywhere in the country. And New York should know that. New York paid out a lot of money for the abuses of stop and frisk of previous regimes. We're suffering from a lack of legitimacy um, and trust in our communities because a New York City police officer brought stop and frisk here um, to Chicago on steroids. 
Stop and frisk means you don't have a better strategy. Stop and frisk means um, you're, you're willing uh, to put your relationship with the community um, to the side um, for some other purpose. We can't go back to that. What we need to lean into, Anna, and I support the superintendent on this 100%, we need to lo- lean into positive community interaction, PCI. The superintendent has set a goal this year of 1.5 million substantive PCI contacts between police um, and residents of our city. That's how you build trust. Mm-hmm. When people trust you, when people trust you, they share with you what's going on in their lives, what's going on in their neighborhoods. If they don't trust you, and trust me, having sat through countless public meetings, listening to witnesses over and over again who suffered through the McCarthy era where uh, that regime uh, let people, let uh, compelled police officers to stop anyone black and brown anywhere in a city under any age. I, I listened to those testimonies and I will never forget them. It did horrible harm to policing in the city that we are still suffering from today. As long as I am mayor, we're never going back to stop it. You also sent a letter to U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland asking for more federal help. I heard you speak about that. You want more ATF agents, U.S. Marshals, and even prosecutors to the city of Chicago. I think some people will read that, Mayor, as a way to say that our current court system and our current prosecutors are failing us. So let's go around this with federal help. Is that the wrong read? No, I, I, what the point is, is this. If we really want to get serious about gun trafficking, which is really at the heart of our surge in violence, where 90 plus percent of our homicide victims are victims of gun violence, then we've got to go to the root cause of that problem. And that is guns being trafficked from other states across the border into Chicago. I'm sure we're going to see when the trace reports are all done of the 12,000 plus guns that our brave men and women took off the streets in 2021, that the vast majority of them came from other states, notably Indiana and as far away as Mississippi. When when you see that interstate trafficking of guns happening, who has the resources and the ability to look across state lines and do something about it? It's the federal government. That's why we need ATF here to be fully staffed up. We need the additional prosecutors to help prosecute those additional cases. And we've got to bring the U.S. Marshals here more resources to help us go after the tens of thousands of fugitives that are out there on warrants that nobody's looking for. So there's a lot of work to be done here. It's not a workaround. It's a common sense strategy to deal with a real problem. And I'm going to keep pushing that point with the Department of Justice. Thank you, Mayor. I appreciate the time. And good luck with all the challenges ahead. Thank you, Anna. Take care of yourself. You too.